New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz with you over here. And uh, Reverend Bill. I don't have a Z. <laughs> over here. <laughs> Reverend Dr. Bill. <laughs> there we go. We'll give you the doctor this morning. You, you have a doctor, so uh, Reverend Dr. Bill. We're a couple of ministers talking shit. Reverend Elzia is traveling today. Uh, he is doing some important work in Kansas City, so we bless him. Wish him all the best on that work. And uh, and so I get to call in my friend, Dr. Bill, to come in and sit in and join us and uh, and give us a... a uh, you guys hear from us, from Elzia and I, more than enough. Uh, we're really grateful, Dr. Bill. Thanks for being here this morning. I am so honored that when you need a foul mouth minister, you think of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say foul mouth. I would say opinionated. Um. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I, I love doing this uh, uh, this this program with you because um, it echoes me back to doing uh, zany morning radio shows in the 80s exactly, and, and the 90s and um, where I was completely unhinged and um, undisciplined and hadn't found the new thought teaching. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting how different things are now and how it's really easy to get back into things being the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought a couple of times I should go back and um, and dig through the archives and try to find some of those old radio shows of yours. And uh, and I, I haven't done that research yet, but every so often it strikes me. It's like, yeah, I wonder what foul mouth Bill really sounded like. <laughs> I, I heard from a friend of mine uh, last week um, and friend, somebody who I worked with in the radio, uh, in 1982 through 84 in New Jersey. Okay. <clears throat> and I haven't talked to him really since then. Uh, we're both part of the same Facebook group. And he said, Hey, were you ever on this station at this time? Cause there's somebody who's using it because I met him before I took on my air name and, uh, and cause he had found an air check of me. And it's like, oh, well, I was never on that station, but I remember exactly the tape that you're talking about because I did a demo to try and, you know, when I was trying to get into morning radio and I had wrestled up a whole bunch of friends of mine and we went into the studio one Friday night and recorded a phony hour. <laughs> okay. And, so, and that's the tape that made its way. And then somebody else found it the same day. 
It's like, you're not going to believe this. Like, oh, <laughs> Your God. old demo tape showed up twice on the same day. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's like uh, somebody that had a cassette that they played back too fast and digitized. And I had a high squeaky voice then anyway, but this is like me on helium. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Flashback yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going uh, out of my way not to give you enough details about it so you can find it. I was going to say, because <laughs> I graduated, you're a little bit, you know, more mature than I am. I graduated high school in 85. So, uh, yeah, I was listening to New York and New Jersey and Philadelphia and listening to AM or morning radio across the spectrum at that time. So, uh, yeah, don't give me any more details or I'll be able to find it, too. <laughs> Good morning, Wayne, all the way from Calgary. Good to see you, brother. Grateful you're with us. But trust you're having a good morning so far. Fiona, all the way from Geneva. Trust you're having a great afternoon so far. I know you've been hard at work already today. So uh, thank you for being with us. All right. So um, let's dive into it here today because um, when I asked Bill this morning, what do you want to talk about? He brought forward, I think, what is one of the most pressing topics of our day, of, of what's happening right now. And that regards all, all this trans, anti-transgender legislation that's moving through the state houses across the United States right now. I think uh, last I saw, there's over 50 different bills uh, in various places that are right now being debated. Uh, I do know that the governor of Kansas uh, this week vetoed a slate of four different bill anti-trans bills in the state of Kansas. Now, my understanding is probably three of those aren't are um, will be oh, the over the veto will be overturned um, uh, by a by the Republican majority, and it seems to me that we're really drawing another line of separation in in the country, if you will, uh, and now it's around trans folks. So it seems like I guess if if you're on more of the conservative side of life these days, at least in America, it seems like it's okay to be gay. Well, unless you're in Florida, but it definitely <laughs> isn't okay to be trans. I don't get it. Um, and the, the thing that is the most um, astounding to me is why do you care? <laughs> you know, why do you care if, you know, if somebody goes into the bathroom and they have different plumbing than you do, does it make any difference? They're going to go out of their way to, to not make you uncomfortable. You know, the, the trans community is not about making non-trans people feel awkward. It's right. about being able to be themselves and feel comfortable with who they are. So why do you care? I've never been hit on in a, in a public bathroom. I've, Right. Have you ever had a trans guy guy or walk up to you in a men's room and hit on you? No, no. I, I have no. never had that experience. I've never had a gay guy hit on me in a bathroom. Um, so I agree. Right. There's so much. We like to stick our nose in places it shouldn't be. We like to impose our morality on. OK, not the people watching this show. Right, folks. It's not. But it's not America, us. No. America as a whole, it would appear we elect leaders that run the, the whole gamut of experience 
Uh, we're going to talk about Zoe Zephyr here in Montana in just a moment, openly trans male uh, legislator who was elected to the state house of representatives in, in Montana, which means the people of his district know exactly uh, well, as best we can, who he is as a politician, and they still elected him. But the 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 super majority of well, let's call it like it is, old white guys have um, are effectively silencing Zoe, and uh, and completely shutting her down. They have barred her from the state from the House floor in Montana for the remainder of the session. And yeah, why is that American? Exactly, and, and all because he's trying to be who he who he really is, his authentic well, self. And the fact of the matter is that Zoe is speaking passionately against anti-trans legislation, and they're you know they're silencing the criticism because they don't want to hear it. And right. there are people in the gallery who are cheering. And they're getting, you know, acknowledged by Zoe. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. There needs to be decorum here. You know, and I'm thinking back to, to you know, during the, the protests against Black Lives Matter when the armed folks uh, invaded the state house in Michigan. It's like, right. that was disruptive. Okay? Holding your fist in the air while people in the gallery cheer? Eh, that's, that's, that's public discourse. So. Yeah. And my apologies, I want to be straight up clear. Uh, my apologies, I've misgendered Zoe, um, trans female. My apologies to Zoe and anyone else that's watching and caught my mistake there. And, and you know, I want everybody to know that that's part of this as well, is um, as a parent of a transgender teen, uh, I've been taught <laughs> um, it took a lot and it takes a lot of learning and we all make mistakes. And we all make mistakes in various ways around this topic. And the easiest thing to do is just to say, hey, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Let me try that piece again real quick. Let me let me rephrase that or ask the questions. I think that a lot of it, a lot of it is people that are unwilling to consider that there's something different or that something different could be val valuable, um, valid than their own lived experience. Mm -hmm. And, and for first song, I'm glad that you caught yourself and that you that you brought that up because, yeah, this is not a destination. This is a this is a journey. Um, and there's an example uh, for me that comes from being a new thought uh, of the same thing. And that's um, <laughs> avoiding gendering God. Right. So what, when I grew up, everybody and you know, God is, you know, he you refer to him. And that was just the way that it was. And for the longest time, I just I was allergic to the word God, so I didn't use it at all. And then needed to, when I started using the word God, I didn't want to make it be he, because that cuts out half of the population and also individualizes God and takes away the infinite and you know, tries to, to limit God. And I don't want to do that in my language because God is infinite. And have come up with a few very interesting techniques for myself. Mm -hmm. I refer to God, not as he or she or it, but as God. 
And that will have me tending to say, you know, we turn our attention to God and we know that God does this and God does this and God does that. Where other people would be saying that he is this and he is that and he is the other. Or he, she, um, presence. And I'm okay with anybody using any of that language. I translate in my own head. Um, I did have a member of my community at one point um, who revealed to me after going through a whole bunch of the classes that what really got her intrigued was, the, and, and she grew up Sufi, um, <clears throat> what intrigued her was when I called God it. <laughs> she says, I'm in the right place. This is, this is just what I need to push back against my Sufi parents. <laughs> you know, I just had this image of um, the Dr. Seuss characters, thing one, thing two, thing mm -hmm. three. Right. We could have God one, God two. We could have it one, it two. And, and um, but I, I, I love that you bring that forward because that was an important piece for me as well. Um, and I think that in New Thought, we see that. And there is the 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 feminine tendency to want to say to push against the male labeling and use a female term and then call God she. But that accomplishes nothing else either that continues to, to perpetuate as you're saying the losing the sense of the infinite making the divine a, a little more personal than it really is it, it personalizes through us and as our lives and i've said this so many times we're now up to a little over eight billion people on the planet which means there's at least eight billion different ways to get to god Mm -hmm. to know God, to express God, to be this living demonstration of the divine. And again, we come back to who in the world am I to judge you for how, for whether you want to wear nail, nail polish and let your hair grow, or if you actually want to surgically alter your body. That's got nothing to do with me. Right. Don't compel somebody else to do it. And as long as you are, as long as somebody is uh, mentally fit and consenting, none of my business. Exactly. None of my business. Now, there is one exception here, and I hear I'm going to go be the devil's advocate. There's one area uh, in which um, I am objecting to the uh, equality of the genders, and that's in women's sports. And the reason for that is if somebody grows up qualified for the boys' swim team or volleyball team or whatever it is, and then because of their own uh, gender identity um, switch to female, that's fine, but play on the men's team. Because there's a reason that there's a men's team and a women's team, and it's because men tend to be stronger and have the, the history of the bigger muscles and all the rest of that, um, which is why there's a difference. So, and it just gets, it gets very murky. Yeah, I, I think that it would be very hard to police. Well, you, you've, you know, to break that into percentages. Well, you're, you know, if, if you're a hundred percent male, but you're taking uh, estrogen in, in, and transitioning to female, how female have you become? We'd never be able to do that. Right. Um, and, and I do see, I see what you're saying here. I think it's a, a very, very murky question to that. Um, that has so many layers of nuance. Um, yeah. Because if that person did grow up as, a, let's say, a more effeminate male-gendered or male-identified 
child and never developed the muscles mass, never did the, never followed that path. It can be different. Um, But right now, I think I agree with you in far, as far as it's the biggest question in, in all of this experience, how, how do we determine, or do we just make it all one and everybody's got to compete as one? Well, that um, undermines that the, the, the value of women's sports because there's you know, an opportunity for, for women to excel when competing against people who have the same physical characteristics right. as they do. Brittany, you know, Grind- and there's a- Brittany Griner's never really going to be able to, com- I, I can't see that she'd be able to compete in the NBA. Right. The and you know, the, the, We have a perfect women. example. We have a perfect example of how absurd this would be because um, Bruce Jenner did pretty well in the Olympics as an athlete and a competitor, not playing sports, competing in sports. Yeah. And um, if the, that transition had happened much earlier, like how many women's medals, you know, would that have been fair? And the, the answer is clearly no. Right. <laughs> True. If so, he was competing in women's sport, if he had grown out his hair and, um, and now her hair, and yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. It is a great example. And have nothing against any of it. And when you're when we're playing sports, play with whoever you want. You know, the the, the same thing. And when you start competing and the stakes for the competition get high, then that's the, the, the point where we just need to be judicious about, you know, what equipment somebody grew up with and what resources they're bringing to the table and what makes them qualified to play. There we go. All right. And there that that's me deciding. Let's let's complain about something that's even easier to complain about. <clears throat> Politics? Is, don't say gay in Florida. It's like this is the 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 the, the fisticuffs that are going on between uh, the governor yes. and <clears throat> the Disney organization. Um, it's it's just unfair. <laughs> He's, the governor is so outmatched. True. <laughs> and um, did you see the one the other day where they asked him how he felt about falling behind in the polls? And uh, it almost seemed like he was about to have have a uh, a stroke of some sort. Some sort of neurological time bomb went off in his brain. And um, but it, again, we're coming back to how do we tell an entire state? that we can't talk about issues and not even gender, but sexual orientation in this case, Mm -hmm. we're not allowed in our public. And this is where if some folks, if you're not, you know, if you don't know where this all comes from, um, DeSantis pushed bills through the legislature in Florida that make it illegal for teachers to discuss gender or sexuality. really of any kind of any point at any time in their public school systems. It started out being elementary schools, and now it's all the way through high school. Right. That's not healthy. No. It's not I mean, healthy to avoid the conversations. Uh, yeah. If, if you remember back to your own education, then and, and I put education into four broad categories. Elementary school is where you learn to go to school and be in school with other people. Middle school is where you learn to go to school with hormones. <laughs> nobody likes that <laughs> nobody likes that uh high school is where you learn how to learn and then uh then at the end of high school and into college is where you learn how to think 
And in high school is where we do all of our norming. You know, so if you're not allowed to talk about sexuality, then when are you going to talk about that and with who? And if you take the authoritative people out so you can't discuss it dispassionately in a classroom, then it's going to be um, you know, on the playground or in the, you know, right. in, in the alley. Yep. And the playground and the alley are notorious for having disinformation. Yep. inaccurate information um and it, we know that in the classroom the 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 experience is being more controlled more shaped and you can have true to the age group conversations um it, you know i can't imagine there's a reason we do basic sex, sex education in middle school mm -hmm. because these kids don't know what they're going through even if mom and dad sit them down and talk to them, it, it, they often don't know what they're going through. And that's uh, that's one of the experiences I hear again and again and again and again from the trans population is I didn't know what this was. I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know. I didn't. I, I everything. I didn't even know. I didn't know if I was normal or if I was different. I just knew this is was my experience. And to have good conversations with our peer groups may be difficult, especially for middle schoolers, but it's absolutely necessary. All of yeah. our social ills seem to come back to people that don't want to listen. <laughs> the number of stories that I've heard about, you know, people who grew up knowing that, knowing that they were different and agonizing over it and then finally finding themselves. And then how am I going to tell my family? And then, you know, finally getting up the nerve to come out, you know, then tell mom and mom says, darling, everybody's known that since you were seven. <laughs> right. right, exactly. So why, why didn't you, you tell me? Exactly. Yeah. You all knew. Why didn't you make it okay for me? <laughs> so, and it, it, don't say gay bill, um, which Disney didn't say anything about originally. And then because their employees got really annoyed. Right. Uh, finally came out and made a statement. And now there's this tussle back and forth because DeSantis has positioned himself as being anti-woke, as if woke is bad. And woke just means open to some new idea and new possibility, which is why everybody in New Thought goes, isn't that what we're all about? So, like, yep. If how do you have something new happen if you don't open yourself to something new? Um, so, yep. the... the <laughs> The Disney folks, the employees, the, 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 the people who work there, and it's the biggest employer in Florida, uh, insisted that the, that the organization push back against it. And then DeSantis started trying to take away their special tax status. And, you know, there's, there's, he's now drawing the line. And I'm not sure if he understands that Disney has, is, was built by gay men. <laughs> the, the yeah. animators the ones who made the, the, the you know and, and a huge number of the uh, um, uh, the uh, imagineers um, it has been very great gay friendly and gay dependent I mean if you go back and look especially at the really early Disney movies mm -hmm. they're so gay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're great and they're great and they're and they're great. And so, you know, the thought of pushing back against that now is kind of absurd. Um, and, yeah. and 
so Disney keeps on doing things in court and in the court of public opinion. And Disney will continue winning because Disney is really, really good at shaping public opinion. Yeah. And they've got a lot of money to back yep. it up, to, to hire the lawyers and do the research and do everything. You know, our friend from here in Colorado, Linda, uh, a little bit earlier in our conversation says, we're seeing an active wave to destroy democracy in America. Um, I know it appears that way, Linda. Um, and there's a piece of me that maybe doesn't want to believe that if it's true. But there's also a piece of me that recognizes that that wave is attempting to roll back progress and is attempting to roll back into, um, we're going to say the word, a more what they consider conservative time. And I think that's what DeSantis is trying to do here, is trying to say we want to create a utopia, our own little place, our, our peninsula down here of deeply conservative values and create our own world of conservatism that is Florida. However, I don't really believe that's possible. There, right? There's now talk of Disney moving to North Carolina or Texas. Um, I know that when this first started, Colorado offered Disney a deal to come move to Colorado, all these things. Um, that doesn't solve the issue. Running away from, from the fight running away from this type of separationists uh, that I think DeSantis is trying to do in Florida isn't realistic. It doesn't do, it doesn't do any good for the overall progress of our country, of our, of our human race. Um, and I don't think, I don't think the majority of Florida actually believes what he says. I don't think the majority, I think, Politics are so skewed these days that it doesn't really take a majority to get in office. And the next thing we know, we have a, a more of a cult of personality operating than we do actual representation. Yep. And there's uh, there's huge echo chambers that are going on. That's one of the disadvantages of social media is that you can choose what you're going to hear. And then when it echoes around there, that's all you're hearing and it's being amplified and amplified. So there is a bunch of that. And, you know, for conservatism, and I, I, I put this in the radical conservative um, uh, category, you know, where we, you know, we don't need to have alternative energy and we don't need to have, you know, these lives matter and we don't need to let, let anything change. And we can tell people what their family values should be and that you can't tell me because of the church that I go to um, what kind of cake I have to make. Uh, for somebody else's wedding. Uh, and we definitely don't need women voting. Don't forget yeah. that one. Well, we don't need women voting. We can make it more difficult for people to vote unless they look and act and vote like us. Um, with with big data being what it is, it's much easier for politicians to choose their voters than it is for voters to choose their politicians just because of where the knowledge and the information is. You, know, you yeah. say the things that the people who you're talking to want to hear because all you need to do is get them to vote for you once or to not vote against you once. Uh, and then the, the whole process continues for another two or, or four or six years. But my favorite example, and my thought is eventually this is going to come around anyway. Uh, I mean, either democracy will completely topple, which I think is unlikely because um, we tend to be a pretty feisty uh, country uh, when, when push comes to shove. Yeah. Um, you know, all the stuff that's going on with um, 
with the abortion ban, the country is now pushing back against that. It's like, yeah, we were, we were perfectly happy to have Roe v. Wade in place and let the conservatives rail about how horrible abortion was. And it's like, just keep talking. It's fine. Leave things. And now it's changed. So now it's an active part of the conversation. And it turns out in, uh, in 22, it actually made a difference yeah. in the, the way that, that people uh, were voting. Yep. The perfect example, and this is like the, um, the, the, the natural order version of you know, who's allowed to play on which varsity sports team, is climate change. So here's Ron DeSantis, and you know he's against all the wokeness and all the change and everything else, and he's the governor of Florida, and Miami floods on sunny days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, all the pontificating and all the positioning and all of the, 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 the ultra right-wing conservative news shows are, in, are not going to change the fact that on sunny days, Coral Gables is underwater. True. So, and you're going to have to eventually deal with that because otherwise you have to move out of Miami. And, of course, it's, it's, it's a very liberal section. So maybe if you evacuate Miami and have everybody move to Tallahassee, it'd be better. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I think that there's going to be some pushback. You know, um, I just saw a glimmer of hope. You reminded me that one day Mar-a-Lago will be underwater, too. <laughs> I, I, I lived in, uh, in South Florida in Broward County when Hurricane Andrew came through in 1992. Mm. So I, re- I remember what it's like, and I've seen the devastation. And I never, under any circumstances, would pray for a hurricane to hit a particular place. Place. Right. But I would be interested to see They're the, part the of confluence. The They're part you know, of the natural order. That's right. Yeah, and, you know, it's not like Mar-a-Lago hasn't had a share of hot air. But... There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one. Let's talk to Linda again. Um, Woodland, Colorado, where uh, an evangelical right-wing church has succeeded in getting a majority on the school board. Um, yes. Uh, and, uh, Colorado has traditionally been a purple state. We do currently have, um, a representative who shall not be named, uh, (laughs) and, uh, who, uh, but this is the call to action, Linda. This is the opportunity for people across new thought to say, okay, am I ready to stop sitting on my hands and get involved? Right. Am I ready to say um, I'll run for a school board seat or I'll run? Um, we were talking with David Alexander last week. He shared with us a, um, a website. Just run. Uh, just run. I think um, if I remember it correctly, but the point is um, millennials are, are younger. They're a grassroots political action committee group that help young people run for office. And one of the things I've heard, is, and I heard this recently, is, you know, if, you, if you're if you a middle-aged white guy like me, if you go to the Democratic Party and say, I want to run for an office, the first question they're going to ask you is, good, how much money can you bring to your campaign? Now, we know that the younger generations don't have the kind of money that they expect to bring to a campaign, and these organizations are now supporting and funding these younger candidates. It doesn't mean that those of us in middle age or with a bit more maturity and experience can't get involved somewhere. Um, And to bring the new thought philosophy 
out into the world. For the longest time, it seems like New Thought has believed in this. If we, if I just change my own consciousness, the world's going to change around me. And that is true. But that does not change the world very far uh, right. around you. It changes. Pray and move your feet. Exactly. Yes. So, so this is this is ministers talking stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate Linda Plasters for the uh, school board there in yeah. Woodland Park, Colorado. Go for it. <laughs> you know, and I you know, and when I say that, Linda, and you say you, you hear all of the reasons in your head why that could never happen, and you're not qualified, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then find out who is. You know, maybe you're gonna maybe your job is to nominate somebody else. But there is a way to push back when the nonsense starts happening. And, you know, there's there's an organized evangelical church that says we are, you know, we're, we're the chosen ones and we're right. And there are a lot of us. So let's get together and do this thing politically because we all agree uh, religiously. It's like, that's not the way the country works. We were actually founded by people, not Christians coming over here to be Christian, by people who are running away from organized religion because they couldn't practice the, their faith the way that they did at home. Yeah. So, you know, is this the full circle? It's time to do that again. Mm -hmm. it, it reminds me that um, Clearwater, Florida, the, um, are, are those that we are often confused with but have nothing in common with Scientology. Uh, the leaders of Scientology have been trying to take over the city council of Clearwater, Florida forever. But the... The citizens that aren't a part of that religion, the citizens, the citizens that do not want to see that type of influence in their city council continuously and are continuously active in making sure that they that they don't let that happen. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't Scientologists on their city council because that city is very influenced by that organization. They own a lot of land. They throw around a lot of money. They have a lot of power in that area, but they make sure that they stay that they keep the council balanced and and don't allow something to be overrun. I also heard this recently. These are the types of cases that prove to us how much our vote matters. Mm hmm. Our votes matter to get um, the two gentlemen in Tennessee reinstated to their positions in the, in the state house there. Our votes matter that Zoe Zephyr um, is sitting in a bench outside the, the, the floor doing her work and doing the work that the people of Montana elected her to do. Every voice matters. We didn't mention this, but the... Uh, in Montana, the governor's son identifies as non-binary. Well, and I just made him binary. Sorry, sorry, young uh, young one. Uh, <laughs> but the governor's child identifies as non-binary and is lobbying their father. Imagine and, and the whole administration. And the whole administration, right? Um, so, um, and Linda's saying, you know, at over seventy, always voting, part of the political scene. Um, and um, and yes, thank you, Linda. It is more than okay to voice your opinions. It's absolutely necessary. And, and that's what I'm getting at. It's necessary that we stop being so quiet about what we know and what we believe and start voicing that through editorial letters to the editor, through standing up at a meeting, to going to the meeting, the council meetings and being part of the gallery and adding to those public input. 
uh, opportunities and such. Yeah, and just to know who we're voting for and what they stand for. You know, we've got, you know, our, our election day is coming up here locally in, uh, uh, in my town in Pennsylvania. And it's the, one of the elections, you know, it's an off year and it's for municipal and county uh, positions. And it's the one that would be the easiest to just skip, but right. not gonna, not gonna at this point, because those are the groups that set the, 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 the tone and the, the tenor of our neighborhoods. And it matters. It makes a difference. Uh, the, the township decided that they, and this is like 10 years ago as part of their plan, that they wanted to increase the population density along the central corridor, which is the, the, the commuter train line. Mm-hmm. And started allowing lots of condos to be built. So there's million dollar luxury condos, you know, both sides of the street and the train tracks. And I guess they're wonderful, but they didn't widen the roads. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, didn't increase the parking. So it's just gotten congested to the point where, you know, when I need to drive up and down the, 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 the main circuit here, it's like, I'm not sure if I want to, you know, I do have to pack a lunch in order to, <laughs> to make it yep. into another nearby suburb. Uh, and you know, the, those decisions were all made by mel- well-meaning people who got voted into positions of authority. And I've been to some meetings and objected to some stuff and, you know, asked some, some questions, but that's how we do it. Know who you're, know who you can vote for, make an informed decision to find somebody who's going to be aligned with what you want and then vote and then vote yeah. and then vote. <laughs> having an opinion and not voting doesn't matter exactly yep take that inspired action right take the inspiration that comes to us through this philosophy and, and you know and i agree i do um i add meditation to my voting because it's sometimes tough to know exactly what maybe a, an initiative is trying to accomplish. You hear things from both sides or exactly what a politician believes. So take your ballot into your spiritual practice with you and let your divine intuition support you in informing what you wanted, what you believe in, but then vote on that and stand behind that and keep showing up for that. Zoe Zephyr's fight doesn't end at the end of the session when she's allowed back into onto the floor of the state house in Montana, that, that diligence has to keep happening. Um, we don't, we don't oust the politicians we don't believe in, or that we find we believe are doing harm without staying with it here in Colorado, Lauren Boebert lost by less than 500 votes in the largest congressional district of our state she won by the lesson i'm time. sorry she won yeah it's should have lost but uh she won <laughs> still wishful thinking for you <laughs> still but the point is her opponent didn't stop he didn't take that as a loss he didn't take that as a defeat he didn't take that as oh well my vote didn't matter and the people that voted for him didn't stop they're continuing. I've actually thought about moving to the third district just so I can vote for the guy. Uh, but uh, the people of his district are continuing to do the work and saying, I want my voice heard. Uh, seems like too many, far too many politicians get elected and then we got no clue what we elected. Yeah. 
And I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways that we can bring in uh, awareness. Um, textbooks are a classic example. Go get the textbook that they're using in your local school to teach history and see if it covers history the way that you recall or think or opine that history might be taught. Because right. the, the, there, there, a, a, there are a great number who characterize the Civil War as having been fought over taxes. Mm, yeah. And that wasn't the crux of it. There the was whole a, story. There, there, was, there was a bigger issue than taxes. I mean, taxes was in there, but there was, you know, <laughs> there was, there was something else going on there. And if you don't, by the way, if you don't know, then do some research on that. I'm not going to educate you now. But yes. there was an issue besides taxes that caused the Civil War. <laughs> I'm just finishing uh, James Cone's book, uh, the, Cross and, the Cross and the Lynching Tree. Um, mm -hmm. amazing, amazing piece of work. Um, deeply, deeply educated Christian theologian, um, uh, that helps white America remember that, uh, we crucified an awful lot of black bodies following the civil war. All right. That's a conversation for another story for another Friday morning, perhaps. We didn't even have time to talk about cults. I know we'll have to, you'll have to have me back. We were all prepared to talk about whether or not we're in a cult or not, folks. Uh, and we didn't even get there. So, uh, Dr. Bill, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, next time, we'll make sure LZ is here to join in the conversation, because I'm sure he's going to watch this and go, oh, I would have loved to have been a part of this one. Uh, so, But we want to thank you for being with us. Uh, folks, if you don't know... Reverend Dr. Bill's got a program here on the New Thought Media Network. It airs Tuesday, uh, Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, he records his podcast and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to put together a podcast. He and his co-host, Car Carol Lawrence, get together uh, and share with you everything they do to get ready for their, for their podcast. Then they record their podcast. Uh, and then they give a bit of time for you to ask questions and join in the conversation. That, again, that happens Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. And as the senior minister of New Thought Philadelphia, uh, you also are uh, gracious in sharing with us your Sunday talks. And so we broadcast the Sunday uh, part of our All Day Sunday series, Sundays at 2 p.m. Mountain Time, if I'm I don't work Sundays. Somebody else does no. that for me. So it's four o'clock uh, for me. Four o'clock for you. So two o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, you can catch just the talk on our all day Sunday, Reverend Bill from New Thought Philadelphia, sir. Again, thank you so much to be for being with us. Um, I can't wait for us to be together again, and uh, we'll get you scheduled in here again real soon. I'm sure. Thanks, you, Rev. Thank you. All right, folks, we're out of here for now. Please do stay tuned. Sekou writes and Be Your Own Hero is coming up next. Morning prayers at 8.15 is normal. Uh, Rev Melissa with Morning Sip. Emma Moreno with Spanish Language Programming at 9. Remember, Monday we start Spanish prayers at 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time. That's going to be really fun. Uh, Spanish only prayer time at 9. 9.30 on Mountain Time. Today, it's Practicing Infinite Possibilities at 10 a.m. with Lindsay Lineback. 1 o'clock is The Joy Show with Rev B all the way from Toronto, Canada. I'll be back at 5 with The Good News and Reverend Michael at 6 with The Fireside Chat. Until next time, we wish you all a great weekend and a great day. Join us again. Like, share, and subscribe with your friends. 
do all those things that help us get this network out there. Until next time, I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.